You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode two of Tax Talks. This is Heidi Robson. Should you offshore parts of your SMSF work or keep everything in Australia? The answer affects everything you do, internal processes, software, technology, and of course HR. If you keep all SMSF work in Australia, how do you compete with other providers who offshore? Chloe Ward is the Associate Director of Intello on the Gold Coast and Intello administers over 3,000 super funds. I was curious to know why Intello decided not to offshore and how they stayed competitive. Here's Chloe with the answer. The decision to either complete superannuation work or any other work in-house or to offshore it or outsource it to somebody else is, is a big decision for a business. There's a lot of things that come into play about data, security, you know, losing control of the actual client's accounts or control over their work. And, and it really comes down to what is going to work best for a business. And for our business, we looked at that at its, in, in our infancy on how we were going to make a successful business and what did we want to stand for. We made the decision uh, unanimously that we would keep all of our work here in Australia. All of our software is in Australia. All of our cloud housing is in Australia as well. And that's just a decision that we made and we won't go against it. But in doing so, we have to now compete on price because offshoring overseas is obviously a lot cheaper. That's why a lot of people do it. Um, so we've had to come up with unique ways of dealing with clients' work and completing the work in an efficient manner that meets on the price point but also gives added value to our advisors and accountants as well. It's not always just about a set of financials at the end of the year. Our business really wants to focus on providing more than just that. With the outsourcing offshoring debate, I mean, because we kept things in-house, we had to really concentrate on innovation. We had to make sure processes were very streamlined and efficient. So we, we've done that with all of our team. We had to really focus on automation. Anything that we could automate, we should. So we've obviously partnered with great technology companies that provide us with the ability to do that. So, you know, for one instance, the software that we use is Class Super, which has a great ability to data feed you know, most platforms and, and most cash accounts, which really enables us to cut down the time that it's actually taking us to complete the work, which then obviously means that we can keep our fees at a competitive price as well, um, but also allowing the price point, allowing advisors and accountants to make a margin on top uh, where necessary as well for their input. Innovation is a big word, so I asked Chloe to explain what it actually looked like at Intello. Here's her answer. Look, Class was probably the first bit of technology that we put in place that sort of spurred the whole innovation process that we've implemented with the business. We've got four 
developers that work for our business too. We've created our own advisor portal, which is pretty much a communication hub for our advisors to log in, be able to have full visibility of their accounts, see where we're tracking with doing all the compliance work. So full transparency and accountability to a process so they don't feel like, oh, I just handed in a super fund and we don't know where it's up to. It allows for forms to be submitted, deeds to be upgraded, investment strategies to be completed. And the developers really worked hard on pushing and pulling information from different pieces of software to enable this to happen. So we've also integrated Salesforce as our CRM, which obviously pushes and pulls with our advisor portal that we put in place. We have Box as our document management system, which bolts in behind it, which enables our advisors and accountants to also see all the documentation that we have for the client. So it houses everything. So there's a two-way street with that. You can see what we, what we look at and um, they can also see what's being processed as well. So we're always looking for different ways to make the process efficient where we can get third-party authorities to just download reports and not have to go back to accountants or administrators asking for them. We do that. We have tight processes in place for reviewing work. Um, so obviously quality is at the forefront. We never want to let quality drop for the sake of, you know, um, a quicker time frame. However, being efficient and on time is, is a key point uh, as well for us and at the forefront of our mind. So we're going to keep innovating. Obviously, with the rebrand from Superfund Wholesale to Intello, we're looking at different services that we can offer our advisors and accountants, and obviously that includes non-super portfolios that we've started doing, and estate planning. Now, estate planning is one of those things that we'd like to get automated as well, so we're working very hard on that too, to be able to create a sort of fact-find situation that is not encompassing, doesn't take too long, but enables the advisor to have a great snapshot of the family structure and what they would like to have happen with their estate plan to make sure that they're well covered so innovation doesn't stop for us. It is about using technology where we can and putting processes in place that enable us to use it to its best ability. We can have the best technology in the world or best piece of software, but if we're not using it to its full capacity, we're not going to get the most out of it and neither are our clients. That is quite an undertaking to integrate class with Salesforce and Box and yeah. an advisor platform. That sounds, you know, it's easy said in a sentence, but that would have been months of work? It's probably been a good four years in the making of, um, you know, from putting it down and saying, well, where do we want this to go and how are we going to future-proof our business by, but still give our clients a great experience that they're not going to get elsewhere? And, um, yeah, getting the right developers on board, having a board of directors as well that are also very keen to do it and, you know, allow us the freedom to create this environment as well. We've been very lucky in that respect. And yeah, the, the idea is to just keep pushing and, and, and keep doing something different all the time. I think this is very impressive, but back to the actual interview. The other thing that we had to do was look at, well, it's not just about completing a set of financial statements, what's going to set us apart from an offshore option. And we really looked at the, the value add component that we can offer. So we have the capacity within our team because we're all superannuation specialists to really provide or offer our advisors and accountants a backup to strategy. 
So we're there to take phone calls, we're there to take emails, we're there to help them guide them through setups of super funds, chat about different legislation and make them feel comfortable in their businesses and the advice that they're giving their clients, uh, which is not always what you get from an offshoring solution, which is primarily based around completing a set of financials or just the compliance side and honestly is, is done generally annual in arrears as well. So if we look at the ATO you know, reporting that's coming into play, that's another differentiator for us is that through our innovation, we are able to provide that action added value to our advisors and accountants by having that up-to-date information. So that that's always beneficial for an advisor is having real-time information so they can make the best decisions for their clients. We also uh, like to walk in our clients' shoes. So for a lot of us, we have our own self-managed super fund. We understand what's going on, you know, personally as well, because any any changes that happen in the superannuation landscape generally affect us on a personal level as well. So we know what clients are going through when there is changes to pensions. We understand the emotional component to it of, of then potentially having to pay tax and, and all those sorts of things. And we're meeting trustees and advisors that are dealing with trustees all the time. So for an offshoring solution, they generally won't be dealing with self-managed super fund clients on a personal level or understand completely what a self-managed super fund is. Their, their focus is, is always obviously on, on producing a set of financial statements at the core. The fourth reason why we prefer to be onshore is that we think it's less friction for our clients, which are advisors, accountants and direct trustees. We don't have time zone issues. Everybody is either a phone call or an email away and information is readily at your fingertips as well. So we're trying to cut out any any points of friction for our clients in making sure that the, the process is a, a seamless one as much as possible and that they get a great experience out of it. I think we have all been on the phone with telemarketers or people overseas and you've got time delays or language barriers and it can be really frustrating. And at the end of the day, we, we want to give a great experience to our clients and the joy of having a self-managed super fund should should not be tarnished by things like, you know, language barriers and, and time zones. So that was another reason why we kept it all in Australia as well. The fifth point that we we like to talk about is the better data security. Now, we will say that, you know, we know a lot of these offshoring places do have their own data security policies in place. You know, they, they check their mobile phones at the door. They're, they're screened as they come in, they go out. They're not allowed USB ports on their computers so they can't download stuff. But I, I guess where there is always still the ability for a breach. And that's not to say that there's not data breaches in Australia, but, you know, we're not, we're, no one's infallible with that. However, I think when there's a data breach overseas, it's just a lot more complicated to be able to deal with it. And because you're dealing with different countries, again, different time zones, different languages, different laws, different laws all the rest of that. So, you know, if, if something was happening with a super fund here in Australia, at least we can deal with it a hell of a lot quicker, easier, seamlessly, hopefully, you know, and, and get to the bottom of it. Whereas I think when it's overseas, you know, it, it just becomes a hell of a lot more complicated, unfortunately. So, you know, security was a big thing with us. Obviously, we keep all our data in Australia and we've, we've been very prudent in making sure that that was the case. 
so, so we know exactly where all the information is housed and looked after. And I, th I think the last part that we really looked at was, okay, well, we have all these ideas about how we should run our business and, and isn't this great? We think we should have it in Australia and we've got some great points that obviously we've just talked about. But at the end of the day, what, are, what do our clients want? You know, what do they think about it? And honestly, to tell you the truth, not a lot of people know that their accounts are going overseas or that their information is, is moved from country to country or that their work is being completed by, you know, someone in India or Manila. And so what we decided to do was push out a survey to our clients, just sort of getting a feel. And we had about a hundred super fun clients come back and, and we asked them certain questions like, what is the general feeling towards work being offshored? And, you know, there was 76% said very negative to it. 17% was somewhat negative. So we're looking at the majority of people saying that they just really didn't feel it didn't really want to go with that if that was an option. And 80% believe accounting and advice businesses do not benefit from sending work offshore. So that's the perception in the marketplace too, is that although, you know, you're pushing the information overseas to cut costs most of the time, it actually doesn't benefit the accounting or advice business and generally because they have to rework, re-review the work or make changes as well. And that can be a bit of back and forth, which can be quite timely. We had a look at, you know, how comfortable with your personal financial information being stored and accessed offshore. So there was about 71% that were extremely uncomfortable with that once, you know, if they were to know that that's where it was. And obviously this is, this is market perception. And 85% would rather keep their financial data in Australia than receive a discount as well, which, you know, when we put price on the table, there comes a point where it, it tips. And I think data overseas is some, something that people really don't want to compromise with and can't put a price tag on that. There are two different topics, basically. One is where's the data stored? And then the other is where is the data accessed from? And for both, for both of those topics, the survey results were very negative for anything to be offshore. So even if the data is in Australia yes, they were. and it's only accessed from overseas, even that didn't didn't gel. Yes, exactly. It didn't resonate with them at all, something that they wanted to have happen. Now, there are security measures in place, as I said before, with some of the data overseas, but in the client's mind, they would prefer to have, well, from our survey anyway, would prefer to have the work completed onshore and also the information stored here as well. And I, I think they said 85 through the survey, 85% of people would switch their accountant or advisor if they found out that the information was going overseas. So that was a, a big surprise too that they're doing, that 85% would um, would move. And yeah, so, so out of that survey, it sort of backed up our theory on how we run our business and what our clients would like to see happen with their information. The banking data itself is already accessed from, from overseas. You know, all banks, all major banks have large centers in, in India or, or the Philippines where yeah. phone, you know, phone support, et cetera, do access the banking data. So the raw banking transactions itself for, for an SMSF are already accessed from overseas via the banks. Yeah, <laughs> they are. And look, the banking, yeah, the, re the regulations for banks, though, with their security is a hell of a lot tighter than, 
you know, just a an independent firm that's been set up in Manila or India. There's a lot more regulation and legislation around the data security of that. I would feel safer with the information through a major bank than I would having the information just go directly to a business that I don't I don't know who's there, I don't know who, you know, under what laws, all the rest of it, whereas the banking sector here are, you know, uh, required to meet higher legislation or, or laws about releasing or accessing personal information. And I think for a lot of clients, it's not just about, like, account details, you know, or transactions that's going through or money and stuff like that. Personal details sold to other marketing companies as well people's super fun details about their deeds, where they live, because all those, all that information is there, their, their tax file numbers, their, you know, so there's there's chance for identity theft. That's a very good point, yeah. Yeah, that, that was one of, you know, a major concern for clients. So uh, another reason why we chose not to, not to offshore and to have all our stuff in-house is that we would never do that. So the main reason why we decided to keep L our business onshore was that we felt that it was in the best interest of the client at the end of the day. And that's all that's what we're here to do. We're we're here to serve a client and uphold best interest duties. And as a business, we thought, well, to compete with that, we have to put things in place like be innovative create value add opportunities. We know the clients and what they're going through and we've produced a business that has less friction and better security in my in my opinion. It's not always the best to offshore to other countries. Um, you're not going to get the support in most cases that you're going to get that you will get in Australia from a specialist that you can pick up the phone, do an email and also from that strategic backup, which I think is crucial at the end of the day. Anyone can produce a set of financial statements. That's not the business that we're in. We're not just in a compliance business. We really are here to serve our advisors and accountants in enabling them to provide a better service and a better outcome for their clients. And I think by keeping everything onshore, we've been able to do that through the processes we've implemented. Welcome back. So this is Intello's approach to keeping all SMSF work in Australia. Something Chloe didn't mention, but I found on their website, is that Intello has an average ratio of 300 superannuation funds per accountant. I find that mind-bogglingly efficient. In the next episode, episode 3, Robert Campbell will walk us through the commercial debt forgiveness provisions. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.